Thanks for joining us. In this teaching, Geshe Sonam will explain four points for successful practice. Now, the first of these is to be able to place the mind in the direction of love and compassion. The second is clearing away any hindrances or obstacles to being able to put it in that loving, compassionate direction. The third point is how, if there are hindrances or obstacles, we can use a different way of thinking to transform them into opportunities for what is wholesome. And the fourth point is to abide in the continuity of love and compassion in the mind using mindfulness and introspection. Hope you enjoy the teaching. So, first of all, I would like to say greetings to all of my Dharma friends, uh, all Buddhists and also all listeners. And today, in terms of what I am going uh, to uh, present, I am going to present a way to make our human life go well and to be meaningful. So, as much as possible, I will explain accordingly, and I have a hope that this brings you benefit. So every day we should think, and we really need to reflect on this, that this human form, this human body that we possess at this moment, it is something that has, uh, that is very powerful, it is something that is very meaningful, has great potential. So, of course, then, based upon this human body, let's think about the mind. And so generally, if we speak, speak about the mind, we can also see this as something that is kind of uh, stable. Because if you think about the mind, it is something that is continuous. In other words, it's a stream of mind or consciousness that goes from birth to birth. And it remains continuous. It remains unbroken. So in this way, it's stable. So then we understand that this mind, it is something that is like a continuous a stream, a continuous lineage that is coming uh, down. So this a stream of the mind is also something whose ultimate nature is something that is pure and luminous. However, our situation is that at the moment, the defilements or the unwholesome minds, uh, they are adventitious. There are these adventitious defilements that are covering the mind. And so uh, this is something that hinders us and causes us mistakes. So 
So today, in terms of what I'm going to explain, it should be something that is immediately relevant in terms of uh, being beneficial for this life, being of benefit to ourselves, to our friends, uh, to our families, to our neighbors, and something that we can develop so that we are not harming, we are not disturbing anyone. And based upon living like that, then we are able to continue, we are able to live our life in a relaxed and peaceful way. So generally, whenever we think and we should reflect, not just being distracted by outer things, but we should really reflect uh, in our mind and we should think about all of the humans and animals, the sentient beings that we encounter. And if we reflect carefully, we'll see that whether we speak of ourselves or others, whether we speak of any type of uh, being, whether human or animal, there are definitely ways that we can bring ourselves and them into a direction of greater peace and happiness. <laughs> And also in terms of being able to develop this sort of uh, peaceful, relaxed way of life, uh, even uh, for Dharma practitioners, people who are holding uh, uh, or who believe in past and future lifetimes. For them as well, uh, this is very important because on the basis of being able to proceed in a relaxed and peaceful way in our daily life, then whatever we set our minds to in terms of uh, accumulating virtuous karma, whatever we set our minds to in terms of developing positive mental qualities, this will be easier, right? This becomes a basis for that. <laughs> So then um, all of us, if we talk about having mercy or compassion for ourselves, or if you are somebody who says that you have mercy or compassion for your friends, your family, and indeed all beings, in order to be able to sort of live according to that compassion, to actualize it, then there are four points that I would like to share with you today. So in terms of so uh, in terms of these four points, which are kind of easy to say and also hopefully uh, easy to uh, keep within the mind, the first of these four points is number one to put the mind in the direction of love and compassion as much as possible or to direct the mind towards love and compassion as much as possible. So the next point is in order to do that, uh, to be able to clear away the obstacles. 
So Geshe-la is just explaining that um, in order to direct uh, the mind uh, in the direction of love and compassion, actually what is going to happen when we strive to do that, because of our habituation to the afflictions or to unwholesome minds, we are going to encounter obstacles. So until we are able to really put our mind in the direction of love and compassion, we need to be able to clear away those obstacles. And so then the third one is um, uh, sharing a skillful method to uh, deal with these obstacles. So uh, what we want to think is that whenever, our, uh, whenever in our journey to develop this love and compassion, when we encounter obstacles, of course, if we can avoid those obstacles or clear them away, then excellent, but if not, then what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to transform those obstacles. So we want to uh, take those obstacles and transform them so that they become an assisting factor in developing wholesome karma, or so that they become an assisting factor in developing virtue. <laughs> So just to sum up these principles, so uh, the first one is to as much as possible put the mind in the direction of love and compassion. The second of these is to be able to clear away any of the obstacles towards putting the mind in the direction of love and compassion. The third one is if we encounter these obstacles but we are not able to clear them away, to transform or to look at the obstacles in a way as such that the uh, obstacles become actually an assisting factor for the development of wholesome karma, for the development of positive mental qualities, and for the arising of love and compassion. <laughs> So then in terms of the next point, um, uh, this point is related to the first three. So we want what we want to do is to be able to put our mind in the direction of love and compassion in a uh, stable way. However, we know that to be able to abide in this direction of uh, love and compassion continuously uh, is not easy. So uh, therefore, what we need to do to be able to get rid of any uh, kind of breaks in continuity of that love and compassion is we need to be able to hold them within our mind effectively. In order to do that, we need uh, mindfulness and introspection. <laughs> Uh, 
So introspection is the uh, is the uh, factor which is able to observe uh, the mind and understand if there is an obstacle arising or not. So if there is an obstacle which is taking us away from the generation of this love and compassion. And then if introspection notices these obstacles, we bring forth the factor of mindfulness which is able to bring our mind back to that direction of love and compassion that we're trying to set on. So then in terms of uh, what Geshe has shared today um, about these four points, uh, these are uh, something that uh, scholars might understand through their studies, but whether they are really able to implement them, uh, you know, that depends on the person because of course it depends upon their own uh, stability in their practice. But especially as beginners, when we are trying to uh, engage with these practices, then uh, these four points are definitely something that are going to be beneficial, definitely something that we should keep in mind. Uh, okay, so, so Geshe is just explaining a little bit more about the first point, about uh, setting the mind in the direction of uh, love and compassion. So putting it in that direction. And so um, generally here also we're talking in terms of habituation. So Geshe said that perhaps not everyone's holding past and future lifetimes, but even if you just look from this lifetime, if you look at the direction that your mind veers towards naturally, we can see that uh, very naturally it veers towards uh, the direction of attachment, uh, anger, uh, and the other afflictions. And then on that basis from going into those directions of attachment and so forth, what happens? We have all kinds of false thinkings or uh, mental projections uh, that uh, arise. We have all kinds of uh, unpleasant thoughts and feelings and so forth that arise. And then we kind of fall into that direction or habituation. And so because of the mind's habituation or because of its tendency, right, to go into those directions where we don't want it to go, the mind is often um, compared to a uh, wild elephant because the wild elephants are very willful right they are very difficult to tame it's not easy to train an elephant and so uh, so it is kind of like an analogy for our mind so then um, because that uh, that elephant is so wild and so unruly then the trainer knows that he needs two tools to be able to tame tame it which are like uh, the goad and the rope right so these are yeah, analogies from ancient times the goad and the rope to be able to kind of steer the elephant 
And so then our mind, right, because it is so unruly, it is always wanting sort of the afflictions to arise because the mind is so difficult to tame. So if we want to be able to guide our mind, to train it to go in the right direction, right, then um, just like with the elephant, to put it in the direction you need the goad and the rope. So similarly, in order to direct our mind to where, it want, where we want it to be, we need the qualities of mindfulness and introspection. So the goad and the rope in this case are like mindfulness and introspection. So So we say that this quality of introspection is a little bit like a spy. The introspection is observing what is going on and what is arising in the mind. And the police, uh, sorry, and the mindfulness, the factor of mindfulness is like the police, that once the spy has identified the criminal, right, the police can bring them to justice and reform them. And so what we need to do is, so similar to how the spy has to call the police to identify the criminal, then once the introspection has identified the distraction that is arising within the mind, then we need to get the police there. We need to get the police, which is like the factor of mindfulness, to bring the mind back to that direction. So whenever, um, just to sum up here, when we are trying to cultivate love and compassion, then whatever afflicted mind which is arising as a distraction, whether it be anger, whether it be jealousy, whether it be pride and so forth, understanding that um, from countless uh, time until this present moment that uh, these have uh, distracted us and disturbed us, we must firmly try to avert that anger, attachment and jealousy from arising. Another thing that we um, that, that that warrants mentioning here is that whenever we encounter a difficult being, whether a human or an animal, whenever we encounter a difficult being that causes us some kind of a harm or difficulty, our immediate reaction is to want to respond, right? To want to retaliate. <laughs> So 
So then um, what we should do is when we encounter this obstacle, right? So when we encounter this obstacle of this difficult human or animal, what we want to do is to apply this uh, principle to use that obstacle as a means of accumulating wholesome karma, as a means of developing our mind. So how do we do that? When we encounter that difficult being, whether human or animal, we think, oh, here, here is a being with whom I can practice compassion. Here is a, a being who I can use as an object for bringing forth patience and so forth. And in this way, we can take that obstacle and turn it into a factor for accumulating what is wholesome. <laughs> And in this way, we'll be a little bit like a doctor. If a doctor is very skilled or uh, and compassionate, then no matter how much uh, trouble or difficult uh, the patient is, they think nothing but, oh, uh, they have compassion for them because they realize it. it is because of the pain, it is because of the discomfort that this person is in. They are not really free in their actions. That is why they are acting in this way. <laughs> And it is said that if we are able to come to this point where any sentient being that we meet, whether human or animal, we are always able to maintain an attitude of love towards them, an attitude of compassion towards them, and to keep this in their mind, that this is the supreme offering to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. There is no better offering than this. <laughs> So if in our practice, of course, then um, we are not trying to refrain from harm and we are being very reactive in our interactions with humans and animals on so, and so forth on the one hand, but on the other hand, we make elaborate offerings and sing praises to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, then that's quite a big contradiction, isn't it? So just to sort of uh, sum this up with an example, if we think about that person who is uh, close to us, then uh, whenever uh, something uh, good happens, we want to help them to achieve whatever is good. And when we are able to do that, then we feel very happy. If we are able to extend that similar rejoicing in what is good and that wish to help towards all of the beings we encounter, whether human or animals, there is no better offering to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. <laughs> So thank you very much, Tashi Dele. Then the parting request is, please, on the basis of cultivating these four points that we mentioned, uh, make your human rebirth, make your human life as meaningful and happy as possible. Thank you very much.